0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. I promise to you that. I'll dedicate every show to finding an idea or two to help you get to retirement, whether it's saving, investing, earning. You tell me, insuring, what's right, what's wrong. You got some financial chinks in your armor. And it's time that we find the the weak link, so to speak. And no, I'm not a game show host. Among the tweaks we've been seeing is always trying to improve things. Always want to tweak a little bit better. 10 out of 11 sectors on the S&P 500 yesterday. And the sectors are things like transportation, retail, finance, technology, healthcare, utilities. You get the idea. 10 out of 11 of them were higher. Tesla somehow find a way to go down after Elon Musk said the company would stop accelerating Bitcoin. My head is about to blow up. I may have to put a two-week ban on Elon Musk on the show. Because now he's talking more about how to improve Dogecoin, and I'm like, come on! Whoa. You don't have to be the Twitter headline grabber every day. Jobless claims fell to a new pandemic low yesterday, hitting 473,000. That's worthy of note. That's good. We still want more jobs created. We still want people filling more jobs. The job openings problematic. Airbnb. Where was the first time you heard of Airbnb? It's kind of like the first time you heard of of Lyft or Uber. And you were like, what? What? Yes, download the app from the App Store. Yes, put your credit card in. Yes. First rides for yes. And you're you're kind of like this guinea pig for another person in the room who's done it. Who is the Uber, how shall we say, veteran? Same thing with Airbnb. Their stock dropped more than 37% from its high. It sits... At an interesting place at this point in time on the edge of the travel rebound of the century. The travel rebound of the century. Am I making that up? I'm not. I looked at my points that I haven't used. And because I spent more on credit cards. And more intelligently with points last year. I've got a ridiculous amount of travel. I'm pretty sure I can travel around the world. And what's important to do is use those points, A, before I die, and B, before the point system changes. DoorDash, the delivery company's stock, was down 47% from its peak, but it popped more than 7% last night. Revenue jumped 219% annually. Interesting thing about DoorDash is will we use it in 2022? Have we gotten used to grocery delivery? Have we gotten used to, oh, um, I made love, sweet love last night. Now I get a, get a pregnancy test delivered to me from CVS. Okay, I don't know. Pregnancy test the night after or the day after is right. But Okay, I think I got a fever and I need COVID test delivered to me and you DoorDash it with CVS. Coinbase and its first I'll, I'll say this on DoorDash. When it's free included in my credit card, it's a lot easier to keep around than when you have to pay that monthly subscription. It's the monthly subscriptions, damn it. They're the ones that get you. Speaking of which, Disney had a meh number of sign-ups. Now, we kind of knew that could happen because Netflix told us it could happen. That maybe they pulled forward into the pandemic. And maybe the new people, if they wanted it, they got it in the last 12 months. They didn't get it in the last three months. But bad news for Disney was that Disney's cheaper than Netflix. And they had a similar type pool in and disappointment coinbase in its first earnings report as a public company missed expectations continue to trade well below its opening price it will add more cryptocurrencies to its platform including dogecoin in the next six to eight weeks bumble the dating company dipped below their ipo price of 43 yesterday mixed bag of earnings snowflake the cloud data firm backed by berkshire hathaway Made a splash last fall as largest software IPO ever, but it's fallen more than 51% from its high. A lot of the companies that came public last year that you wanted to know about, they had their their day in the sun. They had their, their day of play, but many of them are now down 50 to 70%. I'm not a big fan of IPOs only because I like little seasoning. I don't want it to be the fir- company's first pandemic. Well, okay, maybe the first pandemic's okay. I don't want it to be their first summer letdown or their first end of the year bu- budget flush. I want to see them after they've gone through a couple, a cycle at least. doesn't always hold true. The last IPO that I bought after market was probably Facebook. That tells you it's been a long time. Say goodbye to mask, mask maskne. Those of you who get acne from your mask. Those of you who have had less than perfect skin for the past year because you're breathing on your nose. The CDC said yesterday that fully vaccinated people, meaning two weeks post-final shot, don't need to wear face masks in most indoor and outdoor settings. This is very confusing messaging because the White House said, what? We didn't say that. CDC not working with the presidential committee or something like that, or at least it feels like that, because my company hasn't called me back yet, and that that's now they're on the clock. Are they going to call me back over the weekend or not? Because if I can be, you see what I'm saying? There's some really odd, it's, is it good messaging? I think for better, or for worse, we're moving forward. I went to the dog park yesterday, and let's say there's 10 people. I would say four of them didn't have masks on. Two weeks ago, all of them did. So, crap, just like that, I think we're in for the travel rebound of the century, 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 century. Just like I told you last year in March and April that this was the buying opportunity of a generation, I, 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 we're going to explode in travel this year. It's going to be messy. You're going to want to bring paper towels. That might stain. Just in time for long weekends, 59% of U.S. adults have received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine, inching closer to Biden's new goal of 70% by 4th of July. I just want to barbecue with you. I want to ruin the planet, throw some coals out down, get some bladder fluid, spark her up. I just want to go. I kind of want to barbecue with friends again. Here's to good friends Um, JP Morgan Chase, US Bank Corp, Wells Fargo are gonna join several other banks in a pilot program offering credit cards to people without credit scores. What? This is where we get into trouble. When banks go a little bit too much of an extension and or the government says, you need to extend your business models to people who don't deserve it. So banks going after giving credit cards to people with no credit score, It's not a bad idea to think about alternative risk models. Uh, And certainly push forward, push forward, push forward with new product and ideas. And yes, I'm sure the 2020 shutdown probably affected new product development. But credit building apps to consumers as young as 13, I don't like it. Instagram for children, I don't like it. How about Sunshine for children? You can find me online at the one, the only Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. This is a concert of the summer. Weezer is playing with Green Day. Green Day is playing with Fallout Boy, I believe. Okay, so the Fallout Boy is kind of like the eh. Other than that, it's a pretty dream lineup for those of us living in our 20-year-old past. Maybe our 35-year-old past, depending on how old you are, right? I was interested to see a study, and I talked about this in the first hour, which does not replay in the second hour usually. But Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, I've got a unique show that isn't really catching a lot of vibe on podcasting because I'm kind of hiding the content for now. But 64% of millennials have regrets about buying their current home. What's very interesting about that is the term regret. It's something that I talk to my children about. Try to live life without a lot of regrets. Try to look, live life without looking over your shoulder going, I wonder if. Even though I'm the biggest nut job of them all, I look over my shoulder and go, I wonder how Juliet turned out. I wonder how this girlfriend turned out keep looking over my shoulder for what I could have had versus what I got. There's a great philosophy out there that that's where pain lies the most in the difference between what you get in life versus what you thought you were going to get in life. And I'm always impressed with when people are able to rise to the challenge of they got a little less than they were expecting. They thought they deserved a little bit more and yet they're truly happy. Regrets are a big part of finances. Millennials have a huge regret, 64%, and they haven't owned homes for a long time. But 64% of millennials say they have at least one regret about buying their purchase, uh, purchasing their current home. Which when you start looking at the data, you're like, oh, just one regret? Oh, we all have that. But very few people are just, I'm happy-go-lucky, I did okay, is what I'm trying to get at. Things that you expected versus things that you got, right? The pain in between is what hurts the most. Maintenance is the, the biggest thing people regret. Not knowing about, not understanding, not keeping on top of. When you think in your head, a gallon of paint must be 8 to $12. You're wrong. When you think in your head, oh, my driveway got busted up by a big pickup truck. I'm going to get that pothole fixed. It's probably $400. You're wrong. So a lot of people learn in the first couple of years of owning a home, maintenance costs are higher than expected. Too small of a house is a big regret, which I understand. Sometimes you fall in love with your sugarbugger. You move in, you make love, sweet love, and you go, "Honey, I can see myself in the future with you." And you put a ring on it. She says yes. Then you make a baby. Baby comes out and you're like, oh, I hate life. I bought too small of a house. Oh, I can do can you get the baby? It's your turn. I have to work in the morning. I hate you. Let's get divorced. Yeah, I know you're saying, Rob, you could do a documentary on what not to do, <laughs> and it'll be very, very short. Okay, so maintenance, maintenance and high costs of maintenance freak people out I get that one bought too small of a house I get that one bad location sometimes you're like well I'll buy in Tracy and later in life I'll, I'll upgrade it then you find out selling in Tracy is a lot more difficult than buying in Tracy is that's one of the reasons I say buy a house with the curb appeal buy a house that you think another mother would want because then you know you at least have one buyer people start getting a little like semantics when they're like, I could have got a better interest rate if I waited. But then again, you would have had more of a down payment, right? So this is where I find the flaw in people. Very few people say I bought too big of a house. Very few people say um, things that are true. Too big of a house, my mortgage payment is way more than I, I was comfortable doing that for three months, but I thought it was going to go away. I thought I'd refinance after three months. I hear stuff like that. So just be kind of careful with that. If you can. ARK Invest has been a big story of the year. Kathy Wood. She is a fund manager. She's created a lot of exchange traded funds, which are tied towards innovation. Names like Coinbase, DraftKings, C Limited, Square, Teladoc, Health, Tesla. Things that we should all be consuming in the future. She's got a new fund on robotics and a new fund on fintech and a new fund on space exploration. These are all potential game changers, and they're all potential strikeouts. I'm just throwing that out there for you. Very few will completely strike out. Many companies who would go to zero should go to zero. Don't go to zero because their CEOs figure out, oh, crap, I better sell the company. That's the weirdest thing about 1998 to 2002. 1998 to 2000, I saw more companies come public and explode on the upside. And I'm like, wait, wait, this company makes smells on the internet. They they have no value, but someone out there is willing to pay for a company that creates smells through the internet. And you can smell it through your monitor and people get excited. Should I buy new monitor technology stocks? 2000, 2002 would have wiped out And shown you how many companies fail in the dot-com boom, except for they started selling off on their way to zero. That's one of the things that sucks about Wall Street, is we can hide our record. Let me give you another example of hiding our record. Come the end of the month, on the end of the quarter, think January, February, March. Think March 31st, April, May, June. Think June 30th. We can hide all the mistakes we've made for the last three months and start buying great stocks and your statement will be delivered with all the great stocks that did well in the last three months. You're like, eh, my portfolio's not up big, but I own these great stocks. So I like this new, she broke onto the scene in the last two years, Kathy Wood. She's kind of a celebrity that goes from Bloomberg to CNBC and like, tell us like the next stock that's going to go up 4,000% and like, Peloton, please give us your wisdom, O oh Oracle. And again, she's got some cojones. She's buying things that might go out of business. She's making money on the transactions as well. But that's a different story. But like one of her picks is DraftKings. It's an online sports platform that allows users to play daily fantasy games and win cash prizes. Trying to expand or piggyback on the expanding legislation to allow digital sports gambling across America. Is it appropriate for you? I don't know. I could tell you that the recent market volatility has created an opportunity in a lot of names, and you should have a list of names ready. I've got super dry lips. I don't know what that means. Now, I don't really want to go to a hospital, but a teledoc appointment, I'm a little bit more up with. More doctors and patients are opting for telemedicine due to COVID-19. One of the big winners is Teladoc. That's another stock that she likes, but it's 50% off. It's 52-week high. Are we going to do more telemedicine in the future? I believe so. Unless we get into a situation where insurers say, well, that's going to cost you more than actually going, and then you're like, well, I better go. You kind of see that there's some sticky things out there, but all things considered, you get what Kathy Woods is doing, and I like Kathy Woods when the market starts getting a little bit hairy. Not Prince Harry, but hairy if we do truly go into a market correction, which eventually could lead to a market a bear market, I want to have a good shopping list. Do you have one? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. I'll be the first one to tell you I don't have all the answers. I'll be the first one to tell you I've made many mistakes in my life, personal. Not as many in my business life, investing. I can tell you I didn't make the mistake AT&T did by buying Time Warner. What's up with Time Warner that they had such low self esteem that they sold themselves to AOL and then later sold themselves to AT&T only to say we're a media company and we should be with Discovery as a way to compete with Netflix. I think it's fascinating to me. Not like it's going to be the end all be all. And so people are coming down pretty tough on Elon Musk. We learned that Elon Musk, Grimes, and Miley Cyrus all went to a Dogecoin cupcake party, crypto-themed party after SNL last week. A dog handler brought along a Shibu Inu in tribute to Dogecoin. They handed out cookies and cupcakes shaped like Dogecoin. And I go, what? Is that how the super wealthy live? Other attendees included the kilowatt. Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Colin Joes, South Park Critter, Matt Stone. It was a who's who. And there was a nice piece this weekend in The New Yorker that talked about how Musk's SNL performance was kind of tame, but ultimately gave him free PR. And I kind of agree with that. And there's going to be an issue, I believe. Elon Musk is kind of thumbing his nose at the SEC. I think I can say this pretty easily on air. I kind of feel like he's flicking his middle finger at the SEC when he talks about Dogecoin and Bitcoin. When he buys it for his company. I don't know if he bought it for his company. Maybe his company bought it. But it's implied that he's kind of behind it. Then he says, I don't like Dogecoin. Then he says, I do like Dogecoin. I don't like Bitcoin. I, we need to get the efficiency going right here. We need to get it so that it doesn't destroy the planet by creating it. Because after all, I've got an electric vehicle company that's going to save the planet. But after all, also I make rockets that go to the moon, to Mars, and, and pollute the planet. But after all, I've got solar installations, which not a lot of people have, but they will. And I'll be there right time, right place for it. So you can see how complex it is to run a, a clean business. But he's on the dirt, Not I don't want to say on the dirty side on it, but he's a little P.T. Barnum. A little bit too promotionary. And that's what the New Yorker said about the SNL appearances. It was, it was just free PR for him. And in the end, I think that's kind of more right than wrong. So markets continue to hit new lows as the day goes on. Not by a lot. It's not one of those days where everything's on fire sale. The NASDAQ opened about half point lower. They're still about a half point lower. But you can see a little bit of acceleration selling in the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 and the SP five hundred. Dan Niles, who is a person I like enormously, except for the fact that I liked him very much so in the nineties and early two thousands more than I do in the twenty tens, twenty twenties. Only because, at one point in time, he was a smart guy representing his smart ideas, and I feel now he's more of a business partner representing his business. He recently told Yahoo Finance that the hotter-than-anticipated inflation data that we saw last week will eventually lead to a 20% collapse in the stock market as soon as the Federal Reserve starts taking it seriously. That's an interesting caveat, and I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's right. I can't confirm that he is, but I like the idea a lot more than just blasting with blast him. Back in 2007, we're like, ah, the subprime crisis is well contained. It's only going to hit one company, Lehman Brothers. And the next thing you know, it hits Bear Stearns. It's like, whoa, this isn't just one time write offs. This is companies going out of business because they can't satisfy their debt. This isn't small companies going out of business. This was big companies. So a lot of times we think we have it contained. And like I said earlier in the show, from 98 to 2002 was a fascinating period because from 98 to 2000, we created too many stupid companies. You and I could have started a company called Donkey com, And as long as it had a .com at the end of it, we could have sold it to Wall Street as Well, what it's going to be about is about a company that jumps over a system of barrels. These barrels could be inflation. These barrels could be savings for retirement. We could have come up with some dumb parable, some dumb angle. But CEOs sold those companies before they could go to zero from 2000 to 2002. In 2007, we thought we had the mortgage debt crisis contained. We didn't. So I like Dan Niles saying, you know, don't get too cocky on that. We got this inflation thing under control because he's saying the Federal Reserve is saying something along the lines of, yeah, inflation is going to spike and then it's going to temper back, right back down. And he's going like, don't be so sure. Where we're seeing more inflation as far as Americans go. Um, food costs. Huge. Household goods. Huge costs up. Personal services. Higher. Household services higher. Child care costs higher. Then we get into some things where we're kind of pushing sideways. Um, But we're seeing real inflation. And I like planting the seed of maybe he's right, that the Fed could be wrong because we were wrong many times before this. Fairly common, in my opinion, all things considered. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A lot of talent leaving Wells Fargo in the middle of a red-hot housing market. They're losing a lot of their mortgage brokers. This should be cause for concern. Because if Wells Fargo had any product that was their bread and butter, it was their mortgages. They feel the people who are leaving the company feel too much heavy oversight. The company's been penalized by the government for opening fake accounts. And now everything everyone does at the company is scrutinized by managers. I get why people would leave in that scenario. And clunky technology that they haven't had the money to spend on infrastructure improvements because they've been fighting the government on legal issues. Target and Starbucks have joined a growing list of retailers and restaurants that will ease mask requirements for fully vaccinated customers unless facial coverings are required by local or state law. This is going to be an interesting quarter. If we divide COVID into quarters, the first quarter of 2020. Oh, we've got a virus that's getting a little kind of crazy. And you're like, oh, we've shut down our economy to stay at home. We want to open back up. Some states do, some states don't, and there's an election. Like, I think this is going to be an interesting one as we start stretching our legs. Keep in mind, I once got—I mixed my metaphors, and you have to be very careful not to mix your metaphors when you're talking about legs. So, But the economy is starting to stretch its legs right now. And it's interesting that to kind of hit the numbers of total vaccinated who are starting to open up to kids, maybe we wouldn't have done that is the first thought in my mind, and that's the sarcasm and cynicism. Uh, And yet, my kid's slated to get a shot today. So, I'm ultimately good with it. Stocks are dipping, extending last week's declines. Inflation jitters linger. Inflation is the single biggest boogeyman when you actually have to pay more for the same exact thing that you got last year. Now, you can also get into some fear of missing out, FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out, where you can get into a lot of trouble, like Bitcoin. Elon Musk said the company has not sold off any of its holdings of the cryptocurrency after over the weekend. Kind of, he said, we're going to have to sell it. Personally, I think the heat is probably getting turned up at the SEC. He has said a lot of stuff in the last 45 days. And the SEC needs to flex some muscle and say, look, it looks like you're easily able to manipulate Bitcoin. And that's not in the best interest of our society. It looks like you're really easily able to influence with a tweet. And they're going to tell them, knock it off. You're CEO of a public traded company. You can't be involved in schemes of manipulation to improve your own wealth. You'll undermine the whole system of why we invest in companies like Tesla in the first place. But Tesla would not have made their earnings. If they didn't get into Bitcoin, see a huge gain, realize 10%, cut 10% of their holdings, they wouldn't have hit their earnings, and it would have been a bad earnings quarter. They would have missed their earnings, and we would have said, you didn't sell enough damn cars. You didn't make enough money selling cars. Aren't you a car selling company? But then they kind of became a proxy for Bitcoin, and we're like, okay, well, they're a proxy for Bitcoin. Um, And then one month later, they're no longer a proxy for Bitcoin, as Elon Musk says, we were going to stop taking that because it's too dirty on the planet. The SEC does not like that. It does not take kindly to that kind of reaction and action power. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Will you, will we hear anything on Elon Musk getting disciplined? How do you discipline one of the richest people on the planet? (laughs) I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Sometimes perception is more important than reality. I hate talking about this, and I probably should limit myself. I've become a big fan of Bill Gates, whereas back in 2000 when I moved to the Bay Area, he was hated in the Bay Area for basically... Bill Gates created a pretty mean company back in 2000. He was not well-liked. And since then, he's kind of got a much more likable image. You see him at Christmas Trees... You see him with a bunch of books, stack of books. These are the books that Bill Gates reads. He's the richest man on the planet. He's giving away all of his money. He crafted a likable, nerdy, do gooder. The company that I used to run for the last 20 years is behind me. The future is figuring out pandemics. And it's starting to come unglued. We're starting to learn about office affairs, uncomfortable workplace behavior. Ties with Epstein, who is probably—it's going to be a bad comparison—the right-hand man of the devil for basically trafficking young people in sex. And again, I don't know any of these to be true. I'm not a lawyer. I have have been privy to any of this. Sometimes I feel like reporting is very, very shoddily done um, on my end, as well as on the ends of journalists, like. There's not a lot of money in TV anymore. And the example that I'll give you is the TV group that I work for used to have a reporter that basically hung around City Hall of San Francisco 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. There's a lot more news that you can break when you have someone sitting in the offices than when you cover it on TV of from a distance. But embedded it, reporters are expensive. So Bill Gates is getting... Shellacked in media right now. I don't know how I really feel about it. In the end, I feel divorce should be a private affair. But maybe he asked for it by looking at me, nerdy do-gooder, and now we have to uncover every stone um, and report on it as if it means something to you and me. Maybe it does. Maybe we kind of like throw all of our idols out. But some of the headlines I just I don't want to read. Um, Other big stories of note out there. There's not a lot of great stories today. There's a lot to do with masks. There's a lot to do with Bitcoin and what what did Elon Musk say this weekend? At one point in time, it looked like he exited his position. Twitter could be kind of, how shall we say, vague. So this today he comes out, and he goes, no, 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 we haven't exited our position. I just, we're rethinking it. And if you're making your decisions based on him, good luck, because he seems to change with the wind. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. Bitcoin down 8% today sitting at 44,394. A little bit of a negative, but really there's no support on this one until about 34,000, 30 to 34,000, somewhere in that range. And where it is today. If people figure out that there's enough bad news factored in, they'll step up and buy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, what you talk about. AT&T is announcing the $43 billion deal to merge with Warner Media, with Discovery. Supreme Court's going to hear a Mississippi abortion case challenging Roe versus Wade. The case will be the first major abortion dispute to test all three of former President Donald Trump's appointees to the top court. Top court announced that it will hear the dispute Dobbs versus Jackson's Women Health Org. Probably June 2022 will be their decision. I throw that out there, in large part, to tell you how Wall Street kind of thinks. We don't have to think about it right now, but come June 2022, we'll start thinking about it Probably December 2021. Maybe January. I would say that the media probably won't touch this story until March or April of 2022. So Wall Street kind of looks a little further out. I don't know if there's an investment angle on abortion and Roe versus Wade, But it shows you like there's different lenses on how different... Types of our society, in this case, the finance, Wall Street, looks six months to the future. And media kind of, we knew about this story. If you want to rally for or against, you have a lot of time right now. But you'll probably wait till March or April of next year and then be frustrated with the process. I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. I don't know if I'm helpful or hurtful by trying to boil it down like that. Hopefully there's something positive to be had in that negative start to the week, all things considered. It's not horrible, but the revolution will not be broadcast on CNBC. You will not get Maria Bartiromo or any of the money honeys. You won't get Jim Cramer saying sell, 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 sell. It's going to happen and then you're going to be like, oh, that was a bit of a change. There's weakness in IT stocks today. Apple's lower. Microsoft is lower. Semiconductor equipment companies are lower. We've seen real adjustments lower from the automobile industry and the semiconductor industry saying there are shortages brought by by the pandemic, brought by by our supply chains that are incredibly complicated. And what we're learning is the smallest little thing like a pandemic. I know you're saying, are you being jokey or not? I'm not actually I'm actually not being jokey. A factory shutting down for two weeks to deal with a pandemic is not jokey. That's, it's not huge, but it's, it's small enough that it causes a ripple in the supply chain. That's why you're going to see more stories next year and the year after and the year after of Wall Street putting big money into solving the supply chain here in the United States with semiconductor manufacturing here in the United States. The investment time is now, if you want to make big money, if you wait six months before it actually happens, you're not going to make as much. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.